My name is Braden Quishan. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Frankie Lewis, a writer for the Arts and Culture Desk with The Daily Emerald. This is another episode of Season 2 of Spotlight on Science. In this series, members of the University of Oregon science community sit down and talk about their research and current events in their field in a language that we can all understand. Today, our guest is Jordan Bailey, president of the UO Biomechanics Club. We discuss the club's origins, its current work on a 3D prosthetic arm, the ethical ramifications of biomechanics, and more. Let's get to it. Well, Jordan, thanks again for, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really stoked to hear about this by an engineering club, which I don't think a lot of people know about. I think it's kind of, it's a little under the radar, but you guys are doing some really cool stuff. And I think it's important that people know that's going on. Who first suggested the idea for a biomechanics club? Uh, yeah, so it's kind of one of those situations where a lot of us were seniors or kind of ending our college careers. Uh, last year around April and I had a friend and he's like man we should start a club because I need to get into med school and I don't have anything to show for it and I was like yeah I I relate to that so he's like let's do this uh leukemia awareness club and I was like yeah that's cool but I feel like that's done and I don't really have that much interest in it Mm -hmm. and I had recently just read this research paper it's called a it's, used, it's the research targeted reinnervation, which is simply in a simple way. They just take a nerve from an amputated arm and they put it in the chest and they got a really cool uh, result where it restored uh, missing hand sensation. And that wasn't even so to me that, that just blew my mind. The idea that you had some kind of way to reinstall the signal and be able to use the signal in to inanimate objects. So now you got this like opportunity to make these robot cop cyborg arms and I'm all about it. And so I was like, I really want to get more into this. I want to know more about it. And so I was sitting in the science library and I just looked around who my friends are like, you guys want to make a club? And they're just like, sure. So here we are. Yeah. So yeah. That's a succinct story. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everything goes down in the science library though. We know that. And then I guess, so you came up with the idea in the science library. How then did the really didn't really like gears start turning like when did you really get like faculty involved when did you start get setting up the guidelines for it um was that just kind of did it all happen really quickly or did it happen over time yeah uh my experience with this has if anything it showed me when you want to start something you you literally just have to do it and i know that sounds kind of obvious but it's actual it's like it's a real thing like you know you think about doing stuff all the time and you're like oh right finally I'm going to do it. And that's pretty much what happened. And we just sat down and I was like, so what do we need to do? It was like, this is what we need to do. And we just did it. So, you know, writing the bylaws, for example, I was like, just wrote them because I had nothing better to do. I was just like <laughs> watching basketball or something. Cause I just wrote the bylaws. And then, uh, in terms of getting connected with faculty, I just looked up people who do biomechanics at U of O and I sent a couple emails out. So it was just doing little things and just actually making, you know, movements towards a goal. And then, that's kind of been what's been happening in the whole club. And we kind of like go into things, not really sure if it's going to work out. And then somehow it snowballs and 
it turns into something better than we even thought it was going to yeah. be originally. Yeah. And you talked about like faculty involvement. Um, talk a little bit about Mike Hahn. I don't know if what his role is right now. I know he's doing something with your club. Um, he's for, to give the listeners a little context. He's a biomechanics person here at UO, but he does specialize in sports science, which I thought was really interesting, especially considering the athletic involvement that the kind of UO is very proud of. Um, what's guys, what is your relationship been with uh, him? Uh, he's our, so we, he's our faculty advisor, yeah. which like every club has one, right. but our personal relationship with him, uh, it's kind of funny how our relationship started was me emailing him and just showing up at his door. And he's like, so what's up? I was like, I kind of want to make this club and I kind of need your help. And yeah. he's like, so this is what you want to do. And he's like, <laughs> looking at me kind of, he's like, all right. And he sits there and we talk for like two hours. We like, you know, vibing. He's really, I don't know. It just, to put it in like terms, I guess he's just like a, I don't know, like a geeky guy like me. Yeah. And so it was just really easy to talk to him and, you know, he's a really cool guy and uh, he's definitely helped us uh, make a lot of moves towards uh, getting the club rolling, just like the kind of the beer addict stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so talk, I guess, let's move into like what the club is actually doing, because I think that's what really people will care about. Um, I've heard rumors you guys are helping to build some kind of prosthetic limb uh, what's kind of the story there? Like what's, what's, uh, what's like the latest update you can give? Yeah. So, um, just a little background on that before I, I just wanted to kind of explain what that was. Sure. Uh, uh, so we're making a 3d prosthetic, uh, 3d printed prosthetic. So, Got it. uh, using a 3d printer, we're built, uh, printing all these pieces that we have measured for the person we're making for whose name's Joseph. And he, uh, he uh, suffers for um, congenital uh, disorder, so he was born without either of his arms. Um, and we got in contact with him through another organization, uh, Battle On with or Battle On with Limb Loss or Power On with Limb Loss. There it is, Power On with Limb Loss. And so we got connected with them, and so we did a, one of the projects she suggested uh, was building this 3D prosthetic, printed prosthetic, because uh, a current prosthetic for a kid is kind of it's really expensive and they grow so fast and so the idea about this new technology being able to print something that's quick and fast and cheap was really enticing and we could do it so we had the resources and so we just tackled it and so yeah we've been building a 3d printed prosthetic for about a couple terms now we're on the final stages for our first prototype and we just need uh we work with a group in portland for the printing and right now we're just you know, everyone has their other lives we're in on, so we're just kind of right. waiting for, you know, the, the final print. Right, exactly. And talk a little bit about the 3D printing process, because it sounds kind of simple on the surface, but I, I imagine it's not. It actually is pretty simple. Like, it's it's almost as simple. It's, it's almost as simple as just uh, printing something from your printer. Just <laughs> not everyone has one in their home. Uh, the idea is you – the hard part is making the original – uh, file like the the schematics of the arm but we didn't make the schematics we just edited the schematics for joseph's uh fittings for his okay. size and and we uh most of that work was even done for the people of portland we were just kind of the f- measuring and the kind of like the the local resource for joseph okay and they do a lot of the printing and measuring or adjusting things. But uh, like the liaison. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, we're yeah. just like, you know, the middleman doing all the, <laughs> the grunt work and stuff. Uh, 
but yeah, it's really easy. It's it, I the best way I could describe it is just imagine finding some template online to like f- file your taxes or something, and then downloading it, and then just filling it out, and then pressing print. And That's wild. yeah, yeah, it's and you know it's not even there's tons and tons of resources out there of different builds, not just arms, but there's like legs and there's cool things like playstation 4 covers or something like that (laughs) whatever you're into it's out there someone's done it and it's and the hardest part is making those files but it's actually pretty intuitive in itself because they offer a lot of softwares out there that you can like watch a couple youtube videos which i'm pretty convinced is like the college of today i've learned most everything i know yeah (laughs) youtube so yeah. Yeah, it's like YouTube or Khan Academy or Yeah, any, exactly. Any of those. <laughs> if I I feel like I should get a like a diploma that just says internet certified, you know, I just <laughs> I have accumulated enough knowledge from just browsing the internet that I <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty versed in a lot of things. Yeah. Um and so what's like an average biomechanics club meeting like? Um do you yeah. talk is it mostly about the limb you're working on? Are you talking about kind of recent uh, stories that are in the biomechanics uh, or bioengineering field? Uh, so we have, I think we finally kind of dialed down to what we want to do because, like I said, we've only been in a club for like a year and sure, a half. It's recent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, still yeah. Wor- you're still working on this. Yeah. yeah. So just this last term, I think we finally kind of got what we wanted. And so we do is uh, we make a schedule, a term schedule, and we meet once a week. And generally what we do, we do alternating weeks. So the f- one week will be like a project meeting where we focus on a project that we want to do like for example this term we built a nightlight uh so use different uh uh with circuit board components and made our own circuit board etch and uh you know soldered it in just because we have other projects in the future we want to do to we needed those skills and then the alternating weeks would be something like uh just uh more of like a learning investigation or kind of uh rea volunteering yeah. kind of stuff yeah yeah sure uh so that kind of goes more on the the outreach more of the right. investigation right part. as a, as a you know any university club you have to have some kind of form of outreach um is it kind of a challenging to have the a biomechanics club at a school without a formal engineering program oh yeah most definitely yeah. but you also i think you find a lot of kids who don't realize it's something they want to do or are interested in until, you know, they're exposed to it. And I I think it's, that's what makes our club super cool is it allows an exposure that wouldn't, you know, normally be there otherwise, at least at our university. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting too, with the, uh, the new night campus coming around. Um, I got a chance to speak with the, um, the, the new director of the night campus. Um, and, you know, he's he's coming from like a bioengineering background. So there's kind of an interesting overlay there. Maybe your club might be um, that might help your club a little bit if the night campus has some more facilities for you guys potentially yeah. to expand into. But I definitely have heard some some rumors to delving into the bioengineering pr- program intro or yeah being introduced into UO curriculum from some people so yeah that's definitely something to that's to look forward to i mean i won't be here by then hopefully i won't yeah. be here but uh <laughs> definitely for the future hopefully future members of the club that's i imagine it'll definitely offer great resources and 
yeah yeah and remind again listeners of, of what your year is in school because <laughs> that might help set kind of set the context of it yeah so i'm a i'm a senior um technically it's my fifth year mm-hmm. uh so i double majored because um, i love school so much of course i didn't want to leave <laughs> uh so yeah so i'm be here one more year and then I'm bouncing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what um, are you, do you consider yourself a future like biomechanic? Is that even the right term to describe you? That's a, yeah. I don't know what the right term yeah. is. That sounds good to me. I don't know. You, maybe you can coin it. Uh, can you trademark that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll find, don't you got like a little button? Don't you have yeah. bu- sound effects yeah, in here? Yeah. But- well, Alec, where's our sound effect button here? I don't know. Well, yeah. well, next time, I'll bring my I'll bring my own next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there's a word name for it, but I kind of see myself definitely getting into like clinical research or uh, that delves into maybe prosthetic design or uh, uh, human to uh, nervous system to like uh, prosthetic communication. Sure. So. Yeah, so something like that. So, to that's kind of what I want to do is mm-hmm. make the the connection between robotics and humans more realistic. You know. Sure. Yeah. And there's like a there's a ton of different applications for biomechanics yeah. too, which I think is part of the reason the field is so interesting, and I can see why you're fascinated by it. Uh, I mean, you, injury recovery, like forensics. Um, you can even look at it from like a, using like an evolutionary point of view. You can look at kind of the mechanics of something how it used to walk and then you can like okay maybe that must have evolved into this creature because of the mechanics of its limbs um which kind of like subsection of biomechanics or like application of biomechanics kind of um intrigues you most i know you said robotics might be one of the fields where um you're particularly interested yeah uh definitely i'm most interested in kind of the like technological side uh incorporating like human to computer interactions and stuff like that. But yeah, you are right. Bioengineering is super broad. I, it's sometimes it's hard for me to explain what bioengineering is because right. it's like so many different aspects of things. So uh, yeah, like you said, it could be just a simple, the simple, you know, you're just walking is biomechanics and something like building a crazy prosthetic is bio, yeah. um, can be considered biomechanics or bioengineering. And so it's a, uh, yeah, it's definitely broad, but my I would say the robotics part yeah. is definitely most interesting. Do you do you guys dabble with kind of artificial intelligence? Does that kind of play <laughs> in, into your into your field at all, or is that uh, uh, separate? Not in I don't know. It's above my scope of knowledge. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I would, you know, I don't know if you're thinking of like biocomputing, like using like organic uh, nervous systems or something to do like computing or something like is that what you're meant like yeah, some I mean, sci-fi stuff i mean like it just that. seems like there'd be a natural overlay between biomechanics and because you'd have to understand how to program a certain leg to move a certain way and uh, that might if you could have some intelligence system set up to kind of uh, like a hardwire to do that for you you could kind of invent uh, like a nervous system or something i see what you're saying yeah like uh yeah kind of the idea using using computing to facilitate the signals yeah, for exactly. moving like yeah. prosthetics or something yeah i think there is research being done with that uh to kind of yeah basically just make it so when you have a prosthetic arm it acts more like your real arm so you can right. do everything else that you do normally but with a, a prosthetic sure um 
a lot of bioengineering and kind of biomechanical success like currently comes down to kind of industrializing the research and kind of creating some kind of like you create a prosthetic limb or you create some kind of item that you can kind of market or you can get out to the um, get out to the general public um, rather than just kind of doing kind of general baseline research. Um, is that, in your opinion, kind of a more of a flaw or a strength of the field? So, so the question is, is the idea of kind of mon, uh, monetizing yeah. the yeah because uh, sometimes scientists are, can be a little <laughs> touchy feely with that. So, I think it's, I mean, it could be go either way. I mean, we yeah. we live in a place where most science is funded by grants, and the nice thing about something like that can be monetized it's super easy to get grants so yeah. like say for example i wanted to i had this breaking idea to produce a uh exoskeleton thing that makes people run faster it wouldn't be hard for me to get a huge grant from the yeah u.s military you know what i'm saying so right. uh that i would say is like a good aspect of it but also um i guess the idea that I don't know. I guess we live in a capitalist society, so it's kind of everything's kind of monetized. Yeah. People do stuff for money, I guess. Uh, I guess the only argument to say that it might be a bad thing is people doing it for the wrong reason. But if they're good at it, I guess I'm not the one to. I mean, is that <laughs> judge is that them. difficult to balance? Like, if I mean, do you do you ever struggle with that if you're doing something for the right? Because obviously, what your you know prosthetic limbs that seems pretty obviously that's ethically good to do right. to replace limbs, but. Um, does it ever borderline on ah maybe we're we're pushing the envelope a little too far with this some of this innovation? Do you mean like uh, ethically, such as like uh, DNA like DNA altering ethically or ethically and uh, morally, as in man, I'm only doing this because I like the paycheck kind of thing? What is your? Oh, I guess uh, you could look at it that way too, but um, more so if you if you get to a point we're not at not I'm not saying we're at it yet. Yeah. But if you get to a point where you could create a like a, a limb that's almost faster, better suited than a normal <laughs> yeah. limb or something. Um, kind of where do you see the, where do you, where do you, where do you think is crossing the line, I guess, in that yeah. situation? And so uh, I always think about this. I, <laughs> I, uh, the idea of like enhancing humans, I guess, is the kind of, we're kind of, uh, yeah, enhancing is a good word. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of, you kind of could also take the example for possible enhancing humans genetically. So making yeah. people, stronger or smarter and so you kind of have this scientific dystopian uh situation yeah. where all of a sudden you get this huge class separation because the people who can afford modifications and enhancements are going to be people who are in the upper yeah. class and then you have like now not only do you have just a, uh, a class separated by money now you have a class separated by just the ability to do stuff better yeah, <laughs> yeah so you can't even bridge that gap so that's that to me would be the one of the biggest uh, ethical issues in human enhancements is the the probability of greater class separation. Yeah, because uh, it makes that's just what I've kind of thought about it. Yeah, and it gets into that all the I and mean, we've heard about the the like gene editing and like designer babies and stuff. Exactly, like that yeah. stuff is really kind of like oh, should we really be doing that? Because it's not harming anything, but it's also clearly kind of meddling with some of the stuff that's maybe not necessarily the best thing to do so yeah definitely the you know there's a whole bunch of arguments against that one you know from the religious aspect you're right. not supposed to do that and then i think from just a 
a social aspect the biggest problem i think it's super cool but i see the the problems with it just like i said uh, it's almost like aryan like you know like all of a sudden yeah. you got these people who think they're they're it's gonna creepy. be creepy yeah yeah they're funny. elitist yeah. almost and you just, i just had this like i think there's a movie about this too i don't know there's some sci-fi that people are just like Oh, is it uh, is it Gattaca? Is that what you're thinking? Is that of? what it's called? There's oh, one man. where it's like there's a, it's a whole utopian. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, but. I mean, you know, it's, you ever heard the saying like uh, sci-fi predicts science? I yeah, know, or something like that. Yeah, it just uh, that's just what I I like see in my mind. The only time, only thing I could ever see like people uh, doing modifications is if they did it like on a global scale where everyone had access to it. Um, that way, then it was fair. Uh, rather than having people, I would imagine it would only be available to people who had the money to pay for it. And so, you know, that would lead to almost like, then you have like two different species at that point, I guess. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so super cool. I could see why it would go really bad, really fast, but yeah. also as like, there's so many benefits, it's hard to ignore it. I mean, I mean you can't yeah. say don't do this stuff. As a scientist, as someone who, you know, as someone who looks to uh, discover and find new ways to do things, I, I, I definitely, it's inevitable that someone, something's going to happen where it comes into terms of mo- uh, yeah. human modification. Whether, you know, like the idea of first people who are blind, you can create like eye prosthetics and uh, initially they'll start out just giving people uh, their vision back. And the next thing you know, you're being able to see different frequencies of uh, electromagnetic waves. And next thing you know, you're able to zoom in and do all this crazy stuff that normal eyes can't do. And so this idea that, you know, we we even see this just with like modern computers, you know, back in the day, you'd have to walk in a big room full of uh, computers and now we have them in our pockets. So it's just, it's just, you know, the natural process of technological or technology advancing i guess so. yeah yeah and just wrapping up a bit here yeah. um when you tell people you're a, a bio like you're the head of the biomechanics club or that you involve yourself with biomechanics um what kind of misconceptions do you have to deal with like what do people think you do and what do you actually do um that's a good question i think um the biggest mis kind of thing that people think I do is uh, <laughs> is more on the side of uh, physical therapy a lot of okay. times. Uh, I think that's uh, the biggest thing, which isn't wrong because that is biomechanics, but I think most people think that's like our main focus. Um, it's definitely a lot more broad than that. There's definitely, we have like physical therapy uh, guest speakers. We had someone named Joey Yuhan come in last term. He was great. Um, but it's definitely, that's probably the misconception or maybe just not even just physical therapy, but generally people have this idea that it's one specific thing rather than like kind of a, uh, accumulation of different subfields categorized into one name. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, I think it's, it's again, as we touched on, it's general. So it's hard for people to pin down. I think it's probably hard for you to pin down. It is. It is. (laughs) It very, as is the case with a lot of scientists, but um, well, Jordan, thank you again for coming yeah, on. This thanks was a for, pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and I'll let you get back to your final studying here. I know we're <laughs> All right. we're, we're, we're over to, working overtime here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate All right. you. Have All me. right, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you.
This was our seventh episode of season two of Spotlight on Science. Big thanks to Jordan for being our guest today. I'm Frankie Lewis. If you'd like to recommend a member of the University of Oregon science community for us to interview, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or at thedailyemerald.com. The music in this episode is Zombie Disco by Six Umbrellas, which we found on freemusicarchive.org. To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening.